Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Right, okay, all good, boom, we're good. Morning. Morning, sir, good to see you. I had a few little technical wobbles here, but we're live and direct. Good What's to happening you. on your side? Good to see you too. We're doing well, man. We, we have bright sunshine after a few days of rain, but uh, that's how it goes this time of year. Yeah, so good to see you as well. And we've been trying to do this for a little while now, JP, to have a little bit of a discussion on what's happening in the Trinidad market. And I think it's probably as opportune a time as any now. So a couple of things we want to cover. And I think really the aim is just to try and give our clients some value with understanding, particularly our Barbados, St. Lucia and Grenada clients, a little bit of, a, of an insight as to what's happening in Trinidad. So Absolutely. happy to do this with you this morning. And I think where we were going to start, you and I were just chatting pre-start on what's happening with um, the market, uh, COVID, lockdown, staff in the office. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, maybe I could, I should start speaking about real estate pre, pre-lockdown, right? So, I mean, if we refer to our Red Book 2019, that was a great snapshot of the market at a period in time, right? Which would have been just pre-COVID. And to summarize that quickly, I mean, there were, there were pressures on the office, the A to B class office market pre-COVID, right? With the downturn in the oil and gas industry. And obviously COVID and working from home has only amplified that. Um, the correlation to residential there is that once these oil and gas companies start slowing down, obviously the higher end residential market slows a bit too, right? Because we had investors buying high end property to rent to expats. Now the expats aren't there. So the only people buying those high end residential property would be owner occupiers. Right, mm-hmm. so smaller pool of buyers, pressure on pricing on the high-end residential condominium. You know those big towers like La Riviera, La Fontaine have big vacancy rates now, as mm-hmm. well as the houses in that area, which were prime property because of their location proximity to the uh, international school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, middle to low end residential continues to be strong or, or was strong pre-lockdown. What we saw pre-lockdown, we actually saw Trinis embracing condominium style developments on a lower end. So mm, because there was limited land available in close proximity to Port of Spain, developers were densifying land, right? They were, they were building multiple units and to produce a... a product that was affordable, firstly, and then to offer a modern style of living where <clears throat> the pool's taken care of and there's security and the gardens maintained, right? So that's kind of what we were seeing coming into the, coming into 2019 and the lockdowns, or 2020 mm-hmm. lockdowns. Yeah, so then March 2020 comes, and um, what's your sense of what sort of that period has been, those that sort of year and a few months, um, what's your sort of sense, just sort of in the macro, maybe we could, I don't know if you want to start with commercial specifically, then we could talk about residential after. Yeah, so I mean, 
that was you know the biggest social experiment that could have been conducted on you know working from home right and i think mm -hmm. everybody went into that march 2020 lockdown afraid and unsure and, and trying to figure things out right we were forced home <clears throat> and i must i must congratulate you guys Hayden, because because of the technology provided by terra regionally we were able to roll into working from home capability pretty easily right it took mm. some adjusting and we we gave um office staff we gave them chairs and stuff so they could take that home so they'd be a little more comfortable but basically the the lockdowns on the whole have amplified the the high-end commercial office space issues right so the mm. vacancy rates have continued to climb the mm. prices are lower what we're seeing is companies downsizing, mm -hmm. right? And we're also seeing the big oil and gas companies, well, they're downsizing and some are pulling out entirely. So we have a significant amount of space right now available for sublease, 26,000 square feet for sublease from one of the big oil and gas companies. Mm -hmm. So they're committed to a lease at, call it 18 Trinidad and Tobago dollars, just under three US, right? Per square foot per month plus count they're committed to a lease like that and they're looking to sublet to cut their costs so they're looking mm -hmm. to get back a portion of that call it 50 percent of that mm -hmm. and just to kind of get out and mitigate their costs mm -hmm. so generally what would you say about the um take a class office um, overall, what would you say availability is like you know uh, whether it's sublet availability or just Vacancy, straight vacancy from the landlord. Yeah, so we estimate that we've, we have about, call it a million square feet of A and B class space, right? Mm -hmm. Office space in and around Port of Spain. And the vacancy rates are 30% and climbing. Interesting. Yeah, we are beginning to see a little more vacancy in A class here, for sure. Although I think we've come a little further on the spectrum of the market reopening into some semblance of, 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 of stabilized um, operations. You're beginning to see that, you know, some companies, very typical stuff that have settled into a hybrid situation. Some sort of very traditional companies now surprisingly saying they're telling their employees two days a week permanently you can work from home. You know, companies that don't fit the profile you think that might have done that. So we are starting to see a fair bit of, um, of availability in A-class as well. Um, it was interesting when you mentioned the rates. So basically about 36 US per square foot per annum base. And then what sort of, um, and I know we're doing times seven-ish as you were telling me uh, before we started. What would the, um, the CAM be in that A-class sort of office space? Um, so CAM is between, let's say, call it 70 cents US up to about 110 per square foot. Right. So, so 84. Yeah. So all things equal, you're about um, somewhere in the order of 40 odd US per square foot yeah. per annum, all in base plus CAM, you know, that's it to Barbados. So, you know, it's, it's not particularly far off um, from where I'm Barbados, but now that's existing property right i mean to go and construct something now is going to cost you more you're going to have to charge more than that i think right the construction prices materials have gone up significantly and and those rates are 
under a lot of pressure now. So you can get a class space at two US dollars per square foot now. The CAM, of course, mm -hmm. remains the same, right? So, so you've begun to see that. You've begun Absolutely. to see hard market based evidence of reductions and concessions being offered in a class absolutely prices are down significantly landlords are you know each landlords are different right some are, are, are reactive and understand what's going on and are you know taken in front so to speak and they've reduced their rates they are offering to furnish the space they're offering long rent-free build-out periods on the front end of the lease Right, so to facilitate a tenant's move and to ease cash flow, I mean, we've heard on a five-year lease they're giving up to a year rent free. Call that a twenty percent wow. discount, right? And and that's that's fact, and that's on a reduced rate. So there's a reduced rate that's starting in in the thirteenth month. Mm -hmm. So it's not three US. Uh, let's put it out. Yeah, way. I got you. Mm -hmm. So availability, a lot of vacancies, some subletting. One of the things you shared me, with me in a previous conversation, JP, just before we wrap this sort of commercial, is um, some mechanisms you're always suggesting to, to office building owners to cope with increasing vacancy and considering condominiumizing and selling off offices. Yeah, so, I mean, basically the landlords need to repackage their space, offer it as small as possible because, you know, 10 years ago, companies would come in and lease an entire floor in this building behind me. Now, landlords need to subdivide it. They need to potentially outfit it, right? They need to do what they can to get a tenant in. And then, mm -hmm. so then the, the general question is, well, why not convert some of these office buildings into residential condominiums? And that I don't think really makes sense financially, right? In some of these high-end mm -hmm. buildings. Um, however, you can condominiumize commercial space. So should a landlord be under pressure to mm. get his space leased out, he could potentially sell off a floor or sell off a half floor in each of the buildings. And, you know, Trinidadians and businesses have done very well over the last two decades. And tenants like, like Terra Caribbean and others would seriously consider purchasing a floor or a half floor as opposed to paying rent. So there's an opportunity there should uh, should the landlord be under under pressure. So not the times we're building office buildings now, and perhaps that's a global phenomenon as well. Yeah. What about um, Resi? How are you seeing residential generally in Trinidad? So that is really interesting. And, you know, going into this thing back in March 2020, I guess nobody really knew. And we didn't foresee the direction that, that this would go in. But I have to say we are pleasantly surprised by it. The amount of residential sales and rental activity we saw coming out of the lockdown right mm -hmm. coming out of that first lockdown we saw a big boom in residential property sales generally middle to lower end right mm -hmm. and by that i mean under two million dollars tt dollars so call it three hundred thousand us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as a whole new segment kind of rose up out of out of the pandemic, right? Out of the lockdown, which is staycation properties. Mm -hmm. So what COVID really did and the closing of our borders really did is it brought people out of their homes. They began re-exploring this beautiful twin island and people began reinvesting. So they couldn't fly out to Miami or, or Barbados for holiday, right? So they so they began buying properties here. 
in Mayaro, down the islands, Blanche, Shares, Tobago. So we did a significant, I mean, you could say we did 500% more staycation property sales this last year, calendar year from this month than we would have the year before, comfortably. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. is a whole new segment of the market that, that kind of re-emerged. And you know mm -hmm. what I, what I kind of put it down to as well, Hayden, is that you have to remember in Trinidad, we've been, we've been dealing with capital flight for quite a while now. People have been buying US and sending it away. Mm -hmm. The market has tightened significantly now as it relates to US and people with money, people with businesses that are doing well, literally cannot get US. Mm -hmm. So if you have Trinidad and Tobago dollars, there's only one place in the world that accepts Trinidad and Tobago dollars. That's Trinidad and Tobago. So mm -hmm. we're seeing we're seeing reinvestment into residential mm -hmm. property. People are upgrading their homes. They're buying a lot next door. They're putting in a pool. They're buying a staycation property. So it's, it's quite interesting and, and it's refreshing. I mean, you know, the imperative word now is home, right? We're working from home. We're schooling our kids from home. Our home kept us and our families safe. And this is not only Trinidad. This is a global phenomenon, as you know, where yeah. residential is on the up. And as you say that, JP, here we are uh, in the middle of August, um, in the middle of August, and I was just mentioning there that Barbados is ostensibly open for business with um, the new normal protocols, etc. Where is Trinidad on that as you and I are speaking this morning? So we are gradually reopening. I mean, we have a significant amount of vaccines. I think we have over 800,000 doses for a population of 1.4. Um, we're up to call it 40%, maybe 30% that are vaccinated. That would be first and second shot. So, so that's people with one shot and people with two shots, right? Total. Um, and um, as far as reopening, so we're now coming out of the second lockdown where the prime minister has reopened car sales, retail opened yesterday. Um, he's opening hairdressers and housekeepers can go back into homes and so on from this coming Monday. So we're mm -hmm. on the reopening trend. Uh, that being said, they just, they just diagnosed three cases of the Delta variant, which are the first cases uh, recognized here in Trinidad. So mm -hmm. he, we're on a big vaccination drive and, and I think we're on a good track. I think, you know, we're getting the hesitancy, but, um, but the, the vaccines are there. We've got We've got choice, right? You've got Pfizer, you've got Sinopharm, and you've got AstraZeneca. Mm -hmm. so some hesitancy was specific to one brand. And, uh, so we're, I think we're, we're on the right track. We just need to get the buy-in there from, from the hesitant folk. Mm -hmm. And what is your sense, JP, saying that, and I'm talking about lockdown, the, um, we talked about work from home and office. But in terms of retail and, and, and the pressure that has, has put on retail in Trinidad, talk a little bit about that, what your sense is and how that's flowed through to vacancy, pressure on rental rates, et cetera. Yeah, so, I mean, as I mentioned, the pressure on, on office space, it's similar on, you know, restaurants. So all of the, um, all of the residential conver uh, commercial conversions that are around this building, and you know, RP to Avenue, Woodbrook, it's kind of popular restaurant areas. Mm -hmm. Nobody's uh, renting new space right now to open a restaurant. So that's a real tough one. And um, likewise with retail, 
a lot of retailers have folded up entirely and closed their shop. Some uh, like excellent stores have actually changed their model and they're more like they're more online. He's trying to be the Amazon of the Caribbean, right? It's interesting. And so mm-hmm. having reopened yesterday, um, the the mayor of Port of Spain did a walkabout Port of Spain. He says that he estimated 85% of the shops in Port of Spain, downtown Port of Spain, have reopened. Um, mm-hmm. But I fear that many will reopen to close because I don't think they're going to get the kind of foot traffic that they're accustomed to. Um, mm-hmm. PM opened uh, takeaway restaurants about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and it's been disappointing. So the, you know, the KFCs, the Pecos, the Shark and Bake, the Roti Man, they're all disappointed at the level of customers coming in, even mm-hmm. having been re- reopened, right? So cash flow isn't there. I mean, this is the second lockdown. The, the staff in the retailers and the restaurants have been at home with no pay. So uh, they're not buying out. They're not spending as much as they had pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, the high end of the residential, when you were talking about residential, it was more sort of middle to low end. What's happening to the high end residential? Um, so there's opportunity, right? Should you buy a, should you find a seller who's really motivated, right? I mean, the reality is the guys who own those residential properties have done very well over the years. And, and you could say a small pool of people own a big pool of those high end properties. And they're not really, not all of them are truly motivated to sell at this stage. So they're kind of hanging on. Uh, now, some of those properties have been vacant for quite a while, or they may have been renting the space for 5,000 US. They're now renting it for half of that and in Tiki dollars, right? So it's got, so 5,000 US, call it 30,000 Tiki, they're now renting them for 15, 12 to $15,000 for a high-end property. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's opportunity for people who want to live in those properties should they be able to find a, a seller who really needs to sell and i think we're going to see more of that as time progresses mm-hmm. people needing to sell them. right so one of the things we thought would be useful um maybe for um for the audience is just to have a little rundown of a few benchmarks on what pricing is like in trinidad you know so <clears throat> question for you around say a, a typical residential lot in a nice middle-income neighborhood, whether that is in, um, you know, Goodwood Park or West Moorings or Maraval, you know, a 10,000 square foot lot. What, what sort of price per square foot TT dollars would that be selling for today? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough to say because Goodwood Park has true hillside property as well as more level land, mm-hmm. right? And likewise at fairways and some of these other areas, but residential land in the Port of Spain area, I mean, could be 150 up to four, 450 per square foot TTD. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so somebody would pay somebody would pay four million dollars for a ten thousand square foot parcel of land in one of those prime neighborhoods. Yeah. And oh. what's happening actually is that. There's, there's so little land available. It's so developed, so well developed that people buy old houses and, and fully renovate or, mm-hmm. or rebuild. So all things equal, in and around, sort of accessible to Port of Spain, a 
a middle market, single family dwelling, you know, three bed, two bath house in a nice neighborhood, say for a young professional family. What sort of price point would that be? Yeah, $150, $200 per square foot for the land. And as you head further out east, you can get land at $70, uh, $80 for a 5,000 square foot lot. So a completed home then? A completed home, home like out in those, in those areas, east and central, you know, the price point it really sells is 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 TTD. That's about 5,000 square foot feet of land. That's 1,800, 1,700 square foot of property mm -hmm. of home. Right. So about a half million Barbados, quarter million US, give or take. As you come closer to Port of Spain now, you're looking at two and a half million for a rebuild for a house, right? Mm -hmm. um, three, three and a half million for fairly well-maintained house, like an early Diego Martin in the, in the nicer areas or lower Maraval in nicer areas. Mm -hmm. And the building option, if somebody were to buy one of these uh, vacant parcels, is contractors available, quality contractors, all things equal available. And, and, and what would those sort of bill rates look like? You know, as an example in Barbados, somewhere around 150 US per square right. foot to build, you know, a reasonable right. single family dwelling. Yeah. I mean, so it starts at about $400, $500 per square foot to build like a basic home, basic, mm -hmm. simple home, generally outside of Port of Spain. But when you come into Port of Spain and you come into areas like the Goodwood Park and the Fairways and the Ellerslie Park and so on, I mean, it gets mm -hmm. up to $1,000 per square foot and well beyond that, right? The sky is, sky is the limit right. for these guys, what they build. And then if you're building mm -hmm. on a hillside, you're going to get the land for cheap, but the, the preparation cost is massive, right? Mm -hmm. I remember we're dealing with steel increases here, significant steel increases, cement increases. The challenges in Trinidad remain. Our labor pool is poor. The bureaucracy in getting approvals to build from scratch is tedious, and it basically takes time. So you're on, if, you, if you borrow from the bank, you're on bridge financing until you get your final completion certificate mm -hmm. from the regional authority, which follows fire and water and tea and tech and all those are pre uh, prior requisites to getting mm -hmm. that completion. So yeah. It's tough. It's tough to build uh, from scratch. Mm -hmm. So all one. things equal, perhaps unexpectedly, JP, if, if I were to summarize commercial, residential, and just all things happen in the market is Tough trading conditions. Good news is, is that uh, unsurprisingly, see the same thing in the US that uh, people go on these driving holidays that don't involve air travel. So similar in Trinidad um, in buying holiday homes, but presumably that market is only so deep. So um, what I wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, a big story everywhere outside of Trinidad is always and continues to be crime. As to, you know, everybody sees it through perhaps a different lens that you might see. How do you see being in situ in the market, how, how crime impacts the market, if at all, today? Yeah, well, it would be ignorant of me to say that it does not have an impact. It certainly does. And that's one of the first questions we face when somebody's, mm. when you begin offering property. What's the area like? Is, you know, is it safe? It's a big, it's a big, big question. 
Um, you know, the, the press kind of press doesn't do a good job at crime. I mean, it's always front page here and it, it's, it looks a lot worse than it is. There are areas that are safe, um, but you know, anybody can drive, drive, jump in a car and drive anywhere, right? So the crime can come to your doorstep. Mm -hmm. So people want to know that the property is in a safe area, that gated communities, of course, add value significantly and are top demand. So mm -hmm. any, if you can do an affordable gated community, that's a win. And we're certainly encouraging developers in these times to do middle to low end residential gated communities. Right? That's where the market's at. That's where developers should focus. Don't kill any office buildings. <laughs> we're clear on that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So I guess then um, perhaps you, you, you started to answer my next question, which is really sort of what is in the market today that is selling? What is hot? Um, it, it's quite interesting what you're saying about these low to middle income, secure gated communities. Uh, anything else in your mind um, that's sort of hot in the market? Uh, if somebody had some capital, was looking to put it into the Trinidad market, where should they put that capital? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen, we've seen people buying properties in Tobago, right? And, and putting it on Airbnb and generating some Forex that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage people to invest in lower and middle-class housing. Um, and what we've mm -hmm. seen recently is people buying into pre-construction. Pre-construction has started again. And there are a few reliable developers that you can buy in early and and then resell upon completion. In mm -hmm. fact, somebody who owns a high-end um, towers unit that they can't get rented. Um, had, I, had I owned one, I would consider selling that, taking the cash and buying into new developments, new mm -hmm. affordable developments. Buy it and rent it. So you're gonna you're gonna have to manage three, four properties and rent to local tenants as opposed to having that one big high-end property where you're getting, you know, a one oil and gas tenant. Right. But again, where you have the exposure to vacancy and the risk of, of the energy industry, yeah. that what you're saying is so you distribute that risk into the higher demand of the local market. Exactly. Probably more reliable. Yeah. So as as we move away from the oil and gas industry, you need to you need to move your investments to the local mm -hmm. market. Mm -hmm. um, on that note, um, you mentioned access to US uh, to US and FX as well. You know, there's always a sentiment of Trinidad's buying in Barbados for years, um, uh, including on the commercial end, which has been met um, with some raised eyebrows from time to time when the larger Trinity companies uh, come and make a play in, in the region. But I know you have certainly sent over a few large clients uh, who have looked at commercial uh, in Barbados and investing in commercial. How are you seeing that generally, including in um, Trinity's investing in uh, a bolt hole on the beach, you know, to use from time to time on, on Airbnb. What's your sense of that market now? Again, against the background of access to US dollars, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the exchange rate in Trinidad is still like 685, 689 officially to one US dollar. The mm -hmm. reality is that it's changing hands on the black market at higher rates, like $758. And the reason being is that you literally can't get any U.S. through the bank. 
You can't mm -hmm. get physical cash, that's for sure. And you can't even buy Forex to be wire transfers. What we've seen is the big players, the big local players and investors and commercial guys, they've been looking in St. Lucia, Grenada, Barbados for a property they can invest in. It could be a strip mall, it could be a commercial building, it could be a development site. So their intention is to invest in the other islands in order to generate Forex. So maybe run their businesses here. Interesting. Right? Yeah, so we continue to see that. And, and I, you know, while I mentioned earlier, Trinidad have bought staycation property here. I think they will always buy in, in Barbados too, from a vacation perspective. You know, we Trinidad love the South Coast. So I, um, I expect they'll, they'll come right back over there and, uh, and reinvest as things reopen. As you guys welcome us, I don't know. We, how long do I have to quarantine for if I come to your beautiful island? It's, it's well, easy to go to Tobago. <laughs> No right. Well, if you are um, if you are double vaccinated, uh, there's a very simple protocol and process because you know, as you know, as a tourism economy, um, we rely on tourists. So there's what I would call a sort of a, a measured uh, approach that acknowledges the requirement and the need to have that business. So um, yeah, I mean, in fact, there were a group of um, of some of your clients who were here in Trinidad recently staying in a um, a couple of them actually staying in a residential unit here and a, another one I'm seeing soon so we are certainly seeing um, it seems as if the Trinis are keen once they can to get out and spread their wings a little bit and and, 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 and maybe get outside and come and have a holiday and have a look around for some opportunities um, I suppose the last um, thing I'd like to get your insight on, uh, JP, generally, is just how you see, having said what you've said about the market today, difficulty with office, difficulty with, um, with getting US dollars, where the opportunities are, low income to middle income, secure residential, which is quite interesting, actually. And it makes me think about the possibility of developers outside of Trinidad maybe coming in to do that in Trinidad, which we've not seen much of. But... Where do you sort of see now, you know, you're still sitting here on August the 17th in semi-lockdown. How do you sort of see, um, see the rest of the calendar year down to the end of the year sort of playing out for the Trinidad market? Well, we, we see it on our website, right? There's pent-up demand for residential property and property on the whole, mm -hmm. right? As businesses reopen, as the retailers reopen, as businesses reopen, Businesses reopen their real estate needs. But we see it on our website where people are searching, looking for property, and they want agents to get out there and show them what's available. Mm -hmm. And we saw a big spike in coming out of the first lockdown. It started in March 2020. As we came out of that, we saw a big spike in transactions. And I'm expecting mm -hmm. the same, at least in the short to middle term, coming out of this, coming out of this lockdown. Mm -hmm. Mainly residential property again. But I believe we will see commercial activity as well in the office market. So people will be downsizing, right? People will be moving it. Once there's uncertainty and change, right? There's, there are transactions that will happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so some restaurants may downsize, some offices may downsize. Retailers, I know prior to reopening, were looking for additional warehouse space because they couldn't sell their goods. So they wanted to hold their goods until they reopened. So that we expect a significant amount of activity. And we've seen valuations have picked up significantly too in the last month or so. 
as businesses start to reopen. Right. Coming out of the last lockdown, it took a couple of months as everybody kind of reopened and, and the market, you know, came together and then we saw lots of activity. Mm. So we're hopeful that's what we'll see going forward. That's great. And then maybe lastly, JP, again for the audience is um, just a little bit about, um, about Terra in Trinidad, uh, what we do, who we serve, the availability of the team now during lockdown. Great, sure. I mean, so I'm, I'm very proud of our team here. We've got a team of 19 agents who operate in Trinidad and Tobago, and they are all experienced and they've been all in this thing for quite a while. So I'm really confident in our team as it stands. Uh, we also have a valuation team, right? Who are, we've got four RICS certified valuers. One is a fellow and we're on all the bank panels. We do all types of valuations work. And these guys are ready and, and rearing to get going too. Um, in addition to that, we do a lot of advisory, right? So we do, for consultancy, we do, we work with all the foreign brokers where we, you know, they would represent multinationals who have activity going on here locally. We do site searches, uh, market reports. We would renegotiate a lease, um, RFPs, etc. So, we're, you know, we're anything real estate, Trinidad and Tobago, that's where we're at. And uh, very much data-driven, very much knowledge-driven, very much about creating an environment where the customer feels comfortable and confident to make a decision, right? We've got the information. And we're happy to share it with you. Come in, sit down with us. Let's do it on Zoom. We'll show you what's available and you'll be well informed to make a decision. And when you, when you deal awesome. with Terra, let me, let me just say this last thing, right? When you deal with Terra, you're dealing with a professional organization, right? We're not into hard sell. And the, the, what's going on in Trinidad, what's unfortunate in Trinidad is that the market is completely unregulated. So anybody can be a real estate agent. So you meet all types. Mm -hmm. So when you want professional service, there's, there's one stop, and that's Terra That is awesome, uh, JP. And earlier you mentioned the, the Red Book, the Trinidad Red Book. Is that available online in, um, in e-format online on the website? Absolutely. Right. So we'd like to encourage people to jump on to terracribbon.com and have a look at that. And of course, although you're in lockdown, the the team is open virtually and able to serve clients now here in the middle of August. Absolutely. You can reach out to any of our agents, <clears throat> again, via the website or, or our valuers via the website or 628-2391. Um, as far as the Red Book goes to Hayden, I mean, we, we'll be producing quarterly reports. We do a newsletter that always has a good little snippet of information. I mean, as you know, we've been gathering data here on the market for over 20 years now. And so we're really able to show those trends. And it's really interesting what we're seeing, you know, in these times, in these times of uncertainty. So we're happy to share that information. That's awesome. All right, JP, I think that's a good, um, that's a good point to wrap on. So thanks for all those insights on the TNT market. Uh, much appreciated. I, I, I'm sure that we've delivered some value to the to the audience um, on that. Um, so congrats to you on team on a job well done. And um, thanks for your time and stay safe and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, Hayden, anytime. To connect with us, log on to terrorred.com and we'll see you here next time.